Hi, welcome to the podcast. It's Jemima House, The Connection Coach. We are now on episode seven of the Relationship Excellence Framework, the Mind-Body Pathway. And this is part of section three of the spiral process, which is mind mastery. Now, the mind and body are two parts of the same system. And I mentioned in the previous episode how the vagus nerve is like an information highway that runs from brain to body and body to brain. And about 20% of the traffic on that highway is moving from brain to body. And about 80% is biofeedback. It's bodily signals going back up to the brain. So just considering that for a moment, you can see how when you change the state of your body, you also change the narrative, the stories, the um, activity in the mind. And this is why in my system of relationship excellence, the body always comes first because The body is the place that we all inhabit. We can't have our experience here on the earth without being in a body. And this is the place where you can affect change most quickly. Rather than trying to sit in a cave and meditate for 30 years and master your mind is actually done far more easily via the body especially in the kind of world that we live in nowadays. Um, It's seated meditation is probably the hardest way that you can um, try to affect the mind. Whereas moving meditation is a lot more conducive to a Western way of life and getting right to the heart of the matter. So, The mind-body pathway is tool number seven. Learning how our mind stories affect our body is a super important piece of self-mastery. And as we learn what the stories are, what the regular stories are, and what the the kind of... um, what I called them in one of the previous episodes, the samskaras, which are like the grooves that we always fall into. Um, It's a Sanskrit word. We will get to know those as we come deeper into our self-mastery. We'll get to recognise, oh yeah, that's an old story. Yeah, oh, that's one that I usually drop into. And it might be be a self-worth story or it might be um, an abandonment story, or it might be a too much story. And as you get to know these familiar stories, then you can start to see with a clearer sight the kind of narrative that your mind is offering to you. And you get to see the spin. You know, it's a bit like if you're reading a particular kind of newspaper or a particular news site, you will know what the propaganda is from who makes that newspaper or who who controls that site and you will know what the spin is. 
And when you know that, then you know how to read the story because you're not taking it all as truth. And I think it's very, very similar with the mind that once we know our own stories, our own familiar stories and our own faulty conditioning, we get to see the spin on our mind stories and get to take a broader perspective and just be like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I know that one, I recognise that one, thank you for bringing me that again, <laughs> because often our minds will bring us the same stories or similar themes again and again and again for healing you know, until we can resolve them because the brain is always trying to resolve problems and trying to find answers, usually to keep us safe and to keep us alive. But any problem that we bring to the mind, it will start scanning and looking for an answer straight away. Which brings me on to my second point, And that is you decide what the focus is your mind because of the way it functions it's super important that you are conscious about this and that you are intentional so if you for instance advise your mind to look for problems um if you maybe are an anxious type and you're like okay uh okay what what are the risks then your mind will have absolutely zero problem coming to you with a whole list of things that are risky or that are potentially problematic. Whereas if you instead say, okay, show me all the evidence that is working or show me the evidence that I am appreciated and you just give a clearer instruction and uh, an intentional instruction for something that you do want to see, hear, know, evidence of, that's what you'll get. Because as complex as the mind is, and as clever and as incredible as it is, it, it also has some very basic functions. And once we know these, and we can work with them, then we can be in command of the mind because then it's an incredible tool and it is definitely a rubbish master. And this is why NLP works, it's why visualisation can work, it's why mantras work. There are so many different modalities for mastering the mind and not many of them are new. A lot of them are from ancient wisdom um, I've studied neurolinguistic programming and like I've said before, I have um, taught and practiced yoga for over 25 years. So I'm well aware of the power of the mind that we can harness and how it can just cause absolute chaos in the kind of life results that we're getting as well as relationship results. So obviously... This is going to impact how you run your relationship, how you show up in your relationship and the kind of results that you're getting. Um, learning how your mind operates and learning how you can be the observer and how you can actually 
create some space between who you know yourself to be and the activity of the mind that you're observing is an absolutely key part in moving through the various challenges that life and relationships bring and moving intentionally towards the kind of outcomes that you really want. So in the next episode, we're going to have a look at one of the specific tools that I have created as a mind-body practice. And this is going to really, really help you to understand how you can get back into command of your experience by using your body to affect your mind.